I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Gavin Fury Rangers podcast. My name's Colm Duff and I'll be your host this evening as we talk about the, the sorry boys, the embarrassment that was Rangers 1, Liverpool 7. Um, here to try and work out exactly what happened, pick me up for my woes. Um, first of all, Mason Stewart, how are you, Mason? Yeah, well, good, thanks, Colin. Thanks for having us uh, back on. Feels like it's been quite a while but it's not a not the best one to be to be back for that was a tough watch it's going to feel like cancelling tonight I think for, for all of us it was a absolute horror show I keep you know wanting to get woke up and, and it didn't happen but it was a it was an absolute shit show I listened to the Heart and Hand daily update today Mason and David actually put it um he put it beautifully that this morning was worse because last night was just shock. But this morning you've had all day to try and think about it. Um, it's it's bizarre. I was, I was just saying to Chris like, there before we went live. I just said I struggled sleeping last night. It was just like uh, you know it was, it was horrible. Um, but you know, worse for me living in England as well because it's just been constant abuse all day. But you know, we've got to, we've got to, you know, it can't get any worse, can it? Oh, Rangers might say hold my beer, so don't don't tempt them. <laughs> also joining us tonight, Chris Hampton. How are you, Chris? Oh, I've been better, mate. Um, when I woke up this morning, the first thought I was doing was, I'm not going on the pod tonight. The last thing I want to talk about is Rangers. But do you know what? See, if we won last night, we'd have been jumping and fighting each other to get on this. So we need to put a brave face and get on with it. That's it. Uh, Third be broad or narrow. Um, well, mate, it's that narrow. I need, to, I need to breathe in at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I appreciate you coming on, mate. It's um, wow, it's not going uh, to be easy of pods. But um, rounding off the the foursome tonight, the the gallant few stalwart, Davy Pollock. How are you? Um, 
in the circumstances as well as could be expected, Colin, it's uh, 53 years since my first game at Ibrox. That's the first time I've seen us concede seven goals. So it was a uh, by the by the end I was just traumatised. You know, I think I left the the, the stadium in, in a bit of a daze. So you know, it wasn't a, a good look. But hey, you know, it's uh, it's the Champions League. You know, it's, we. My expectations weren't huge, but they were certainly a wee bit higher than we got last night. Aye. Um, welcome to all the all the listeners. Um, thanks for tuning in, as always. Get your comments in. There's already a few questions coming in. There are a few big talking points. Um, thank you, Davy Heard and Teddy Bear, getting the questions in already. Um, but before we do, kind of address uh, the... The big questions on all the lips. Let's go. I'm not going to go through every single goal uh, for last night. Um, I'm going to just talk about it in terms of first half, second half. Mason, I'll come to you first. First half performance. What were your thoughts on it? I was really pleased. I thought it was it was the best. Obviously, we've seen us in Europe so far. I thought we were that good. I think you know we, we shocked and Liverpool. I think I listened to Van Dijk after the game and he said we knew what to expect early, but still. You know, they knew what what was coming and they still want to go down and we could have actually been two up. Cholak, I think if he goes the other way and goes around, um, Alisson, we could we could be two up. I think we started well. The the, the frustration for me with the first half is the goal we, we give away because it's 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 just typical us this season. It's you know, set first set set piece they've had. We give the ball away. Tavernier was absolutely shocking last night. Gives the ball away and then and then Firmino, you know, just wants it more than Tavernier. I don't think he's physically as strong as Tavernier, you know, you look at Tavernier, he's always in the gym, he's strong, he's just pure desire. That's all it comes down to. And um, But that was the only only bit of the first half that I, I thought that, that kind of let us down. I thought we were, were brave at times where we needed to be. Um, you know, apart from Barisic at times, I think he went back a little bit too much. But see, when we did put it in, in, in wide areas and we won the second ball, we looked really dangerous. Um, and, and, and you know, I think there, Chick Sharp just said about the Golton injury. I just felt that injury at that time. I thought him and Davis were, were playing really well. I think um, finally we've seen a sort of partnership this season where you get excited about because I thought both of them were excellent. Um, and I felt then, you know, you, you felt the change. I didn't see seven, six goals coming in the second half, mind you, but um, us conceding again, I think I think I could, you know, that was inevitable once uh, Golton went off. Chris, um, it was a very well taken goal with Arfield, and what was pleasing for me, just kind of what Mason was saying, um, I think you could almost see it coming in the first half. I mean, I'm not going to say Rangers dominated Liverpool, but we were creating then. That first 45 minutes, I can't really fault the team or Geo selection. On Sunday, we all called out that we need a more forward-thinking team. We want to start. We want to see two wingers at least, regardless who the two wingers are. We want to see set up to attack, and we did attack, and we did try and create chances. Absolutely, the team was the right team. No complaints here. When I see the team, I was happy with it before the game. Um, we did start off well as well. First couple of chances, I normally think. With big games at Ibrooks, whether it's European games or when Celtic come to Ibrooks, I always want us to get the first chance, an early one in the first five minutes, because the crowd reacts to it and the crowd gets up for it. And I felt that was the key. I made a weekend, maybe a half chance early on, but at least the ball was in the box anyway, and that was it. Um, Arfield took his goal well. I thought he maybe could add another one as well, but not, we just weren't expecting that to happen. And you know, with the Rangers, is 
once we lose, the heads go down. Do you know what I mean? And I know we fought on for the rest of the first half, but if we could just held on a wee bit more extra, instead of losing that very cheap first goal, do you know what I mean? A corner came out for a non-dangerous position. Then Firmino was sitting in the box free. And I don't know, I don't know why nobody thought, well, get him, do you know what I mean? Then, uh, then when goals went off, that's when shit hit the fan. Davey, um, I went into I went into half time th- thinking more more of the same and we're in the game. I think I knew Liverpool were going to grow stronger and stronger into the game, but even at half time, I wasn't expecting what was coming. I f- I wouldn't have changed it in half time. In hindsight, hindsight, there's some comments coming through saying that, that it couldn't have been the right team if we lost seven one. But I do agree with Chris that I thought we set up right in the first half um, in terms of formation and tactics. I know, but by the time we get to half time, I'm thinking, you know, this is uh, this is very doable. You know, obviously we'd lost Goldson right at the end, and you know you're looking for uh, you know, King to come in and step up. But you were thinking, you know, we're uh, we're creating chances here, so you're thinking, you know, if the gods will smile on us, we could pop in a second and and, and maybe survive the Alamo for the last twenty minutes. But it, 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 as soon as we lost the second goal, you know, the kind of the vultures were circling. I think what's it was circling the drain at that point. Uh, and then when the, the, the I was when I was in the stadium at half time, and and I'm looking at you, the, the Liverpool subs are on you. The, on the pitch and then Thiago and, and Mo Salah but it just had a ball between them just pinging the ball between them and it, it did cross my mind at that point I says look at the firepower that's uh, waiting in the wings here you know if we do get a second so it was it did cross my mind at half time that you know they had uh, they had more to give and I think they obviously I don't know I think uh, Klopp has today alluded to you know the, the team talk at half time you know was uh, Maybe we had a, a few harsh words with some of them because they seemed to be well up for it right, right from the outset in the second half. You know they were they're a big, strong team. Liverpool. The, the longer the game went on, the bigger and stronger they became. It seemed. So I think when we time we get to the third goal, I think that the ceilings come in and as you know it's and, and already our fragile confidence by the time we get there was absolutely shattered. You know the guys. You could see the colour draining out of our players. It was, uh, and we needed, you know, leaders like Connor Goldson on the pitch. You know, how we miss Connor Goldson. Eh? I know that some people are, you know, aren't huge fans of him, but uh, I think last night's kind of clearly demonstrates exactly what we get from him. Organisation as as well as, you know, and, and commitment, and very verbal, as well as uh, what he does on on the ball in terms of giving his all. Because it, when when he walked off and. I was commenting to the guys beside me, I says, how can we lose Connor? He's a warrior. You know, and uh, off he went, you know, because he's, his track record in terms of appearances is phenomenal. So, but I was thinking that some people just have, you know, greatness thrust upon them. And I hope King was going to be in, in that mould, you know, it would be the, the Derek Johnson of his day, you know, as a teenager, he steps up and delivers, but it was it was asking a huge amount, and Liverpool the the, the quality just shone through. He just looked stronger and fitter the longer it went on. It's a shame just in the first half. I thought Golson and Davies were in the first half probably the best centre half pairing this way we've seen all season. 
Yeah, I think they, they, they looked solid. It was, uh, it was, they looked comfortable. We looked comfortable. You know, they obviously, uh, from the corner, they, they popped in the equaliser, uh, which was, because our lead only lasted about seven or eight minutes. I was hoping, you know, we could have got to half time and they might have had a different team talk. But the, they had uh, strength and reserve, and, and by the time we get to our subs, you know, they're bringing on Mo Salah and we're bringing on Scott Wright. It's, uh, it seems unfair. <laughs> I know. Um, Mason, I know the comments coming through about um, the manager and before MD jumps in the comments, the the manager isn't getting off scot free. But I do want I do only think it's fair that we talk about the players as well. Um because nobody comes away from last night without any blame. Um uh, we talk about the players first, Mason. I don't want to sound naive. Even though we went in, drawn one each at half time, we always knew Liverpool had Salah, Jota, um, just Thiago, millions and millions of pounds worth of players on the bench. And we were going to have to at least maintain that level or even increase uh, the standard. Um, there's no there's no shame in losing to one of the best teams in Europe. Absolutely not. Well, the players should hang their head in shame for me. For me, is the manner in which it's just—I don't know what you want to call it—chucking in the towel, like throwing the uh, when the heads go down, switching off any manner of things. But it's we weren't mentally strong enough to apply ourselves, and that's unforgivable. That, that I think you say we'll, we'll get onto Joe a little bit later, but just just like, like I was saying, the players there—they they absolutely chucked it. Once that third, to be fair, once the second goal went in, um, we give the ball away from kickoff straight away. And I think. You see the reaction then. It was just, you know, shoulders, shoulders down, and it was just a case of, of get me off, get me off this pitch. And um, I thought, you know, you could go. I could go from all. Uh, I thought Borna Barisic in the second half last night was was an absolute disgrace. To be honest, again, I know he's coming on against Mo Salah and uh, Firmino last night um, after the Liverpool equalised. I thought he was unbelievable. But that's where you need to stand up, and you need to, you know, you, you're playing against top players. You're going to test yourself, and that's when you. You know, desire and passion, all, all, all them old phrases, that's what you need in, in abundance because technically, you know, as we seen last night, if, if you're not totally up for it, they'll just they'll just take take liberties. And um it was it was it was really, really frustrating. I said, you know, but the thing for me is Fulham and Palace have played Liverpool this season. Um again, I know budgets will, will come onto that as well. They've got a bigger budget than us, but they give Liverpool, you know, they, they drew games at both games, but they had passion, they had desire, they they had that will, they didn't stop running the whole game. They match Liverpool in terms of that. Again, they can't match Liverpool in terms of quality, but they just had all them things that we ain't got. And are we really that bad? You know, that that's where I'm getting to last night. Seven goals, and it could have been more, to be honest. It could have been more than that. And that was in half an hour. They scored six goals. Um, so, Gio deserves all the criticism. And as, as you said, you, you'll come to that. But but I'm starting to look at these players now. And it's a team that's just been there for too long. A lot of them players should, should have been moved on a long time ago. Ryan Kent last night as well was an absolute disgrace as well. Just just jogging, even 50-50s and, and balls he could have nicked. He just didn't want to be there. Um, so, we're playing against a top European side. We're 10 men straight away. So, uh, no, yeah, I say I'm, I'm, I'm getting really, really frustrated with, with some of these players. Tavernier last night, I've said already, was terrible. Looks like he's carrying a knock to me. He does not look right at all. He's not at it as he was last season. Um, so we've got we've got bigger problems than than the manager. Uh, that's for sure. And let's be honest, Mason Tavernier 
it's it's no fair to drop him and put Adam Devine in against against Liverpool. It's really no, is it? No, no, of course it's not. But but this is where it comes down to recruitment, Colin. Again, I've touched on it quite a lot. I, I, you know, we're saying about Scott Wright coming on in, in the Champions League. She shouldn't be because we should have gone out and got a top right winger in the summer um, when we got Champions League. And it comes back to that. The, the board have, have, have actually hung the manager and uh, the players out to dry because we, we are miles off it in terms of Champions League. And to be honest, from where we were last season, I think we're worse in terms of squad. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the squad last night. I'm just, you know, it, it, it's, it's, we're, we're miles away from, from where we need to be. Chris, um, a comment for David Held. How many more times do we watch us totally surrender in big games? Um, I would love if we could sack everybody, David, as well, and just restart fresh for now. But unfortunately, it's 13th of October, and um, even if it was the transfer window, we well, limited funds. But Chris, I suppose uh, the point I want to p- pick out for that comment is this isn't the first time we've seen this Rangers team do this. It's, it's not the first manager they've done it under either. They've done it at times under Gerard. where when we do let the heads roll down, they, they struggle to pick it back up in the big games. I mean, we've seen it against Celtic. We've seen it in Europe at times. Um, it's, this isn't the first time we've seen Rangers put their heads down, chuck it, and just struggle to get back into any sort of competitiveness. It's the worst we've seen it, but... Yes, mate. And the thing about this team under Gerard, Gerard never lost a game by more than two goals. They look at them, they look at the team they've lost in the space of one calendar year. We've lost seven nil in two games at Parkhead. Fuck it. I know right, Gerard never played against the quality in Europe either, but the problem with the squad is the squad's age, do you know what I mean? And going back a wee bit as well, I was looking at when we beat Celtic in 2018, Gerard's first old firm win. When Ryan Jack scored, you had McGregor, Goldson, Barisic, Tav, Jack, Morelos, and Kent, right? So you get seven players there who, well, sorry, Barisic never played that game, sorry, but he was in the squad at the time. You get seven players there who played in that game. They were four years, sorry, he was in the round of that season, sorry, they were four years on, and these seven players are still there. And you're obviously counting in Davis as well. And if you think about it, it's not as if it's been a successful squad in four years. We won the league once, do you know what I mean? We, we seriously, we're, we're relying on Davis and Arfield again. We were saying at the start of last season it was maybe a season too far for them, same with McGregor. And now we're, the, I know the point was about the mentality, but, but just, do you know what I mean? We wonder why we can only get it to a half, then we chuck it. They're just the players on that, the players just can't give it anymore, do you know what I mean? Whereas if you, you want fresh blood down and you want fresh legs and maybe they could go a bit longer. Everybody commented in Celtic last year how they burnt out after 60 minutes and they still say it now. I'm getting signs of that with Rangers. Napoli at Ibrox, albeit okay, we went down to 10 men, but still, it was a first half performance, then it faded away. Do you know what I mean? Davey, um, I'm I'm loved to pick out individual players because I don't really think MD got past marks last night in the second half. Um but there's a comment came through. Um it's quite funny actually. Um wonder what David T thought he launched him last night by Robertski. Um we know David Tomlinson's not a fan of um at the best of times, but he would have been having kittens last night. 
the reason I, I bring you that comment is, I think we've touched on it before, other than Tavernier at times and over, and there's probably fleeting moments over the last few years, he's not done it at all this season. There's nobody in this Rangers team who will step up and lead by example consistently. Um, we said last week in the pod that when John Lundstrom plays well, Rangers will play well, but what we need to see more in the likes of Lundstrom is when the team's not playing well, they need to find a way to kick-start the team back in. As a, do you see any do you see any of these players being able to do that? Well, there was one occasion last night when Lundstrom pinged the ball, what, 50, 60 yards right to Fashion Sakala's toe on the right wing and then Fashion's, you know, got two or three yards and he's off. So, but in terms of the, the Rangers midfield last night was, uh, I mean, we had Arfield, Ryan Jack, and Ryan Jack's a Scottish international. But the amount of times, you know, when it when it becomes a bit of ping pong in the ball in the, in the middle of the, the park when they were scrapping for it, and we invariably just lose the ball. There just seems to be the whole thing just smacked of lack of confidence. There was no composure. They just the players just look like they don't believe it themselves that they could actually get a result against Liverpool. And that, that for me is just the, the the overriding concern that I have is that we go out there and the players themselves don't believe it, that we're good enough to get a result. And then when, when things kind of turn against us, we just don't have the strength, mental, physical, or that to, to, to make it happen for us. We just seem to have accepted our fate. It's, uh, it's slightly depressing, but the, the midfield last night, is, as Chris has just said, we're, we're going round the block with the same set of players you know, having, you know, as he said, one league title and four. I mean, last season's Europa League was uh, was probably the outlier in all of this, but when we did fantastically well. Uh, and and the, the recruitment, as, as Mason has mentioned, we don't, we don't seem to be getting any further forward. And the, the depressing note in all of that is that John Bennett's come out and says this is the best squad that he thinks, you know, has been at the club in his time. So, well... Just, will you give me some evidence of that? Because I, I, I don't see it. Aye, that's it's a farcical comment now, isn't it? Um, I thought um, at the time it, it got it got a chuckle at best, but no, nah, it's just looks ridiculous now. Yeah. Um, so on the midfield, David, um, only Lawrence is injured, Hadji is injured, Tillman. There's a player in there, but how consistent is going to be is a different story. Charlie McCann is just breaking through. I don't really see where the answer is, um, other than, oh yeah, I'm contradicting myself there here when I say I can't see these any of these players stepping up into that kind of leadership role. But if we're really winning, we need somebody to do so. I mean, Scott Arfield obviously scored the goal last night, but you know when it's a a scrap in, in the SPFL, you know, he will have the probably the required level of ability, you know, to, to get by. When he's playing against the players that he was against last night, you know, who were just bigger, stronger, more technical, then uh, he, he just looks like the the plodder that he is, probably, you know, it's and, and the same was true of Ryan Jack. There was nothing there, you know, and there was a couple of occasions when uh, I think Jack got the ball just outside their box and it's just no composure, it's all a frenzy it's, it's just players who just completely lack belief that they're, they're capable of getting a result 
that was the overriding concern for me. Was, and then when you know we go three one down, four one down, Jesus, the, the thing just came down on us. What was that? Is that that's the time when they, they all start to hide? I don't want the ball. You get, you take it, you take it. There was no the the, the whole team kind of lacks cohesion. We're now no longer in it together. It's like every man for himself. It's like a self-preservation thing. It becomes. So no, it wasn't a good look at the end, particularly you know when you're you're taking a you know taking a kick off and they're rolling up the parts going on all and take the kick off the roll up the parts going on. It's like Jesus Christ, you know, someone stop this. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, so, going to move on to the manager. Mason, um, got to come to you. Um, I'm going to be careful with my words because there's a... There's a phantom um, viewer like, changing their name. Um, by the way, set spreading dirty rumours that me and you are shagging. Um, but, um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, then, the, the listeners, in one way or another, are asking, OK, what's the future with like Van Bronckhorst? Um, he absolutely has to take his fair share of the blame. But I really don't... I can't see what manager can can adjust for these players constantly shitting the bed when it gets too much. I think mean, the bigger the bigger priority is getting the overhaul of players over the next three, four windows. For me, I don't think it's time for, for Van Bruncross to go, but we do need to, we do need to give them the criticism that he's due. Where do you stand in that? Is it time for him to go or does he get time? You know what, I'll be honest, I have sat on the fence for, for Gio for quite a while. Um, but last night um I'm very much thinking that, that it's time that we that we that we move him on. Um I totally get the player the players are a, a big problem and we spoke about them, but but we needed a, 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 you know, as 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 a comment just said there, a strong manager this summer to start the rebuild. And, and Ross Wilson, by the way, he's he's a big issue. Maybe a bigger issue, in fact, and um I hope the supporters are not just pinning it on on Gio because Ross Wilson has done for me no good for us for absolute years. Um, going back to last January, just an absolute disaster signing uh, Aaron Ramsey and saying, "Look at me, look at me," um, instead of actually going to get a, a proper uh, attacking midfielder and right winger that we needed to go and win the league. Never mind the Europa League. Um, you know that's what we needed to do. But but back to Gio, we needed someone strong this summer to, to start this rebuild and. Um, if if it is the case that Ross Wilson signing the players and Gio is just picking the team, 
that's 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 never going to work for a Rangers manager. So he's a yes man. We don't need a yes man. Um, and, and in terms of, of, of his tactics, um, I had a chat with, with, with someone today, um, one of my mates, and, and he said, what is Van Bronckhorst's sort of philosophy? And I couldn't answer it. I, I, I mumbled for, for 10 minutes. I, I, honestly, we, we don't have one. I, you know, at least with Gerard. And, and by the way, when Gerard left, I wasn't disappointed. I felt it was time for Gerard to go. But we're talking about them players. And, uh, you know, as Chris mentioned earlier, about the amount of players that were with us sort of three, four years ago in Europe when, you know, we, we, we first went into Europe and we beat Porto, a very good Porto team at Ibrox. We had belief. All them players went out there and it, was, it, it wasn't defensive. It was very much, we was offensive, but we looked dangerous. You know, them players, they had no fear. Um, Gio has ripped that out of us completely. I see a team that is petrified in the Champions League of, of getting beat badly. And he's very defensive. And that is just, you know, how that, that sort of works together is just, is just unbelievable. But and it, even the fitness, you know, why are we getting so many injuries? This this wasn't happening under Gerard, Gerard and his coaches. Why why are we getting so many players injured and uh, and, and why you know what, what's going on? What's happening with the fitness? Last season we played two games back to back, 120 minutes, and it looked like we could go again for another 120. We're looking at our feet at a minute after 60 minutes. Um, even even games at Ibrox where we're winning three or four nil, we're winning, but I'm not enjoying it. I can't say it's, it's great football to watch. Um, so I think there's there's big changes. Um, and I think it is time for Ross Wilson and Gio to, to both, you know, to, you know, to, to go and um, maybe you know, a different manager can get can get sat out of these out of these group of players. Jess, I'll come to you. What's your thoughts on um, on the in the manager debate? So I'm going to say I accept I'm probably in the minority here, going with what I see in Twitter and in the comments as well. I think. Um, but having said that, well, you would be harsh to base it solely on last night because Golson and getting injured, Davies carrying a knock, and then the players just shit in the bed. I do accept that this, we're, we're only saying Geo out just in isolation. It has been uh, a magnitude of things, um, not just this season, but since he joined. Where do you, where do you sit in that? Um, my mind changed dramatically last night. Um, you know, I was the one in the group chat that was sticking up for him after the performance at Celtic Park. And what I will say about Gio is he's been unlucky with injuries last season. With Morelos and Roof going out, and we never bought a backup striker at all. He had to play the, the rest of the season without a, a main striker. Um, obviously, in the final, we played Aribo up front, and we had the, the remaining two fun games as well in the league, which if we win them, we could easily win the league. Then this year, it's the centre-backs. Four of his centre-backs are now injured. Um, obviously with Davies getting injured as well last night and two of them were centre-backs he signed so he's been unlucky but he can't he can't go forward for this I can take one hammering we're now on four in this October Napoli okay we played alright the first half we still lost 3-0 at Ibrooks. we went down to Parkhead 4-0 which is unacceptable as it is, but there was just no fight. If you think back to when Walter Smith was a manager, and we were about to say we were losing at Celtic Park, one of their players got one. Lafferty done it, Healy done it, McCulloch done it, and um, I can't remember if there was another one, Kyle Bartley done it as well, right? Now, I'm not saying injure one of their players, but at least show a bit of fight and show a bit of passion. We don't have that in this team. 
last night as well, which was very worrying, was when Jack was down injured, Gio was just prancing about doing nothing. Lundstrom was screaming at him. He's, you know what I mean? And it took us a while to get actually replaced Jack on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? I think from Jack being down to actually having Davis ready and on the pitch, the, the, the gap in there, and I know this might be something simple, but when you pick up on these things, they all start adding together. I'm sorry, I just don't have the faith that Gio can turn it round. The players just don't look like they're playing for Gio. Now, individually, I don't know if it's maybe the players' problem. I don't know. If, I don't think so. I think it's down to the manager. Now, and he comes out, and when he listens to a press conference, you don't... Do you know what I mean? I just want to turn it off as soon as I hear it. Do you know what I mean? Barris, I was listening to BBC Radio Scotland on the way home. My uncle had it on in the car. I'd rather just sat in silence and then... Gio came out and it was his usual, oh, I don't know what he's saying, stuff like that. Barisic came out and Barisic apologised to the fans. Gio never once done that. And Barisic is a guy, I've not heard him do many interviews, all right, and say what you want about him, but he actually turned around and said, I want to apologise to the fans. Their captain should be out doing that. Gio should be sending Tavernier out doing that. He's nowhere to be seen or heard. Do you know what I mean? Unfortunately for me, I think, if we want to salvage our season, we're two points behind Celtic. They've got the tougher run of games to come up now. Obviously, ours are going to be a nightmare without Goldson and possibly without Davies for a while as well. But we've got a chance where we could still be in it and realistically go top when we play them at Ibrox. Now, that was a change last season. They were st- they still kept in it, albeit by six points, but they won the, the first uh, Old Firm fixture after the break. And, you know, what happened at the end of the season, I think it's time we look at him getting replaced. Davey, I'll bring you in. Same question. Um, kind of two points just to pick up on what, what Chris said there. Um, I think it's very hard for a Rangers manager to turn around this level of pressure um, without an absolute unbelievable run of form. And while I'm in the, I'm in the camp that I don't need to sign for Gio to go, I, I can't see his going and strutting teams 5 not in every every week in the league. Having said that, I'm still confident enough that we could get a run going in the league between now and the World Cup. It might not be pretty, but I I could see us for the most part getting maximum points for that reason. I think mm. that's another reason I, I wouldn't have them go and we just write off Europe altogether. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Well, you know, I haven't listened to the Chris just uh, spell it out to me. He's dead right. He is dead right, and, 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 and Mason's the same. This is probably the best time to get short of him because we've got, we've got six league games, we've got two Champions League games, we've got the League Cup tie against uh, Dundee, you know, so before the, the break for the World Cup, this is probably the best time to get to part company with him and say, do you know what? Because I, I don't believe Gio will, will inspire that team. You know, the, the, the phrase that Gerard always used was we want to be the best version of ourselves. I don't think the team are the best, are capable of being the best version of themselves because I don't think the confidence which needs to be transplanted into that team comes from the manager. And and the situation at Ibrox, I mean, is that Ross Wilson signs players, Gio has to fit them in, and then Gio then has to persuade them you're a great team and get out there. There's just, there's something lacking there. There's just... I don't know what you would call it, but there's, there's belief all around. I mean, you saw that last night, so maybe it's time that... Uh, I, 
it's probably inevitable that he's going to go anyway. So why delay it? We would be as well making the change now because there's there's going to have to be fundamental changes in that squad. And and does anyone you know, if you were to put the farm on it, is anyone going to back us to win this league? Do you think that that Rangers team will, will win the league this year? Truthfully, I would I would say that they're weak because they will be bullied by teams, and they'll make you know we'll be up at Tannadice and we'll, we think we were playing bloody Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, <laughs> and uh, and it just there's just that lack of confidence. And I want a bit of swagger. I want a Barry Ferguson puffing his chest out, you know, saying you know what. So I think we used to say about Rangers, we would have beaten some of the teams when we line up in the tunnel. That's no longer true. I think possibly in terms of last night's game, certainly the opposite would be the truth. We we need to change things. It's uh, and, and why delay it? Let's go on with it. So what I'd put back to the three is, and I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on that, uh, because I think everybody in the pod has addressed that. There's issues with the recruitment in Ross Wilson, whether that's uh, and the board. Uh, so I'm not sure the issues, the players we go for, the money we spend. What my concern is, we're getting ready, well, one of my concerns, we're getting ready Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is we need to make a decision on the next manager who comes in. Do we, do we bring in a manager who can manage this group of players? And I think we all accept that this group of players has a shelf life. Or do we bring in a manager to fit in with the, the two or three year plan and a rebuild's going to be be done anyway? I think we need to look beyond this group of players and have the next three years in, in mind. And if we have the next three years in mind, Mason, I'll come to you first. We all agree Gio's not been backed properly. So whether he's a yes man or whether... I mean, Gerard's left. Um, Gerard left Rangers, and we all strongly believe that it's because of wasn't backed by the board. Do we get a stronger character, and it just leaves two months in, or do we try and get Gio to build a team? That's probably my big concern. Well, look, it's it's, it's a really really tough on that because we've still got if Gio goes or not, and, and you know Ross Wilson's still there picking the new manager and picking the players. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that, you know, the same problem again. Um, in terms of in terms of who do we get in, I, I've seen a lot of supporters today say, "Oh, we can't get rid of Gio because you know who are we going to get in?" That, that I hate that kind of argument because you don't you don't you know stay in a relationship when you're not happy just because you think, "Who am I going to go out with next?" That's that's just not the way the way it works. So you had a good holiday with Lucy then, by the sounds of it. Terrible, terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I think I think in terms of a new manager, I, I was one. Last season, that like the the Bodo Glint manager was it was it Knutson? Um, I think uh, when you look at sort of the players that he's brought in on, on a budget that is absolutely nowhere near ours, and I know they've struggled of late, but they've, they've lost a lot of their players. But someone that's actually got a, a style of play, and maybe I'm a little bit old school in terms of the backroom staff as well. I want to see some people that know the football club, that know Rangers. At the moment, I look at Gio's backroom team, and I don't see it, and, and that that always is a concern for me. I think that I. I I think we always need people in the background that know that know the football club, and um, I say we, we've not seen that we've not seen that with Gio, but it's, 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 it's a real difficult one, you know, in terms of of a new manager. You said about the rebuild there, Colin, that this this rebuild in the summer and depends what money the ball are giving the new you know manager, or if Gio somehow managed to 
to, to make the summer. Um, with, with this rebuild, all we've done is just delay the inevitable. We've just give new contracts out to Arfield, Davis, McGregor, you know, and, and so on. And, and it's just delaying the inevitable. So next season's job is even, even harder now. We could have got a few few young faces in this, this summer, uh, let some of the old guard go and then and then make the changes there. But that's where, for me, I know, again, a lot of people are defending Van Bronckhorst. I, I find that frustrating because you, you're being a yes man. And uh, at the end of the day, if you're going to do that, you, you're never going to survive. You're on mute, Colin. <laughs> what a laugh, man. There's me performing like Rangers last night. Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts on it, Chris? Um, a few, few suggestions coming in. Fairly comments, Dominic Tedesco, a few folk have said the likes of Michael Beale, very unlikely to leave QPR, um, Kevin Thompson, Barry Ferguson, Sean Deitch. Again, I think it's the same question. Do we bring a manager in to work with this group of players mm. or do we look longer term? No, we bring a manager in to look at the group of players, mate. We, do you know what I mean? Um, we can't afford to look at long term two, three years down the line. Our rivals are on 52 titles just now, we're on 55, that's one thing we've got going, we'll always be even above them in titles, it's not long before that's at 55 each, do you know what I mean, we're we're second in command, now being realistic, I'll be honest with you mate, I'm not clued up in football managers as as much as I should be, I I couldn't sit here and give you who I think should be manager and who shouldn't, but it's not my job, do you know what I mean, that's why we've got a board in place, now the thought of Ross Wilson being involved in it terrifies me, but we're in a position now where we're going to have a break soon, earlier in the season than normal with the World Cup. Then we should realistically be looking at people just now to get in and asking questions whether we don't make the transfers or not. I, I would like to think Gio was aware of that when he took over. Do you know what I mean? Especially when I'm taking over so close to January. So there will be managers who would be happy to do that. What with the group of players we've got, because we've not actually got quite a bad group of players. Just a, obviously half of them are out there now, but. What I'd want is, last year when Gerard left, I felt we were too quick to get somebody in. Do you know what I mean? And at the time I was happy with Gio, and he got off to a great start, especially in the league, but we, as I said, we've got a very fortunate position in a couple, maybe say a month's time, where we've got time to look through this. We can be asking people questions, doing the interviews and stuff like that, that I'm, I'm not in any way happy to sit about and wait and give, try and get try and get somebody to bed in and give them a couple of years. It needs to be urgent, do you know what I mean? And try and call this title back this year. Davey, your thoughts on the, the type of manager uh, that we bring in and suppose what would they do with this group of players? And I was just thinking there when we're talking about the group of players, it's, I think um, there is an element of the players that Gio did have at his disposal and the injury list. His, I know every team has injury, but his has been particularly unlucky, unlucky probably um, the most promising signing. <coughs> Tom Lawrence, who injured, we know the long-term injuries, Hadji, Ruth, Hollander. Um, I think when Chris mentions the expectations he, he had when he was um, when he was taking the job, you can't plan for Hollander being out for a year or Ruth being, Ruth being bit part or signing Aaron Ramsey and Fucking, he he plays all two minutes because of the injury. Um, so a couple of questions there. Is it fair to say he's unlucky, or am I clutching the stores here? Well, the, an element of 
I mean, I, I'm think, but my own belief is that in the short term, you can be unlucky. In the longer term, you'll pretty much get what you deserve. So Gio's now been here a year, and you would think, are, are we better or worse than this time last year? And I would say we're, we're worse, worse off. Obviously, there have been injuries to that. But you're thinking, you know, Chris has made the point earlier, and, and again, with the same team, we're going back to, we're going over the same ground here with the same set of players, <clears throat> and uh, something needs to change. I think that the, the, the model of which we're, where, where someone is, other than the manager of the team, signs, goes out and recruits players, and then <clears throat> he has to uh, then make them, those players fit whatever system, you know, and I just think that is fundamentally flawed. So for me, there's that, there has to be uh, some leadership from our board here. They have to lay out what, where are we in the world, you know, in terms of finances. What should our expectations reasonably be? Because we're, we're shooting in the dark here. We're saying, oh, we should do this, we should do that. If they would lay some ground rules here, here's where, here's where we are in terms of finances. And this is you know, how we see it working. Because I, I just don't, I just don't, for me, it's just wrong that the, the manager does not sign the players. I, I, I just find it difficult to believe that a manager would take a job under under those conditions. It just seems you're, you're a hostage to fortune and you're, you're going to take all the flack. And, you know, we've got guys like Tillman coming in, Robbie Matondo, and you're thinking, if, if, what's what's their contribution been you know, now that we're, we're, we're well into the season? And you're looking at, well, what difference has it made? Looking back to the same, the same team. David, just on that though, sorry, just just on that. Do you know what the difference is between us and them at the moment? It is exactly that they've got a manager that's going out and picking their players. That that is the only difference because they're there for the taking. And if we had a proper football manager that went out and went, boom boom, I want him and him and him, and we go and get them, we'd be steamrolling this league. The Champions League take care of itself. Just looking at the league, if we had a proper manager that went and got his own team, got his own plan. Would have pissed the league last season, would be pissing it this season. That is the difference at the moment between us and them. That is it. Yeah. That for me just tells me that, that Gio's not that confident in his own ability as a manager. Why he would take a job in the, under the conditions that he doesn't sign the players. It's like, you know, you're just, it's almost like you're second in command. You just get to pick a team on a Saturday, but I, you know, so the the importance of of those signings and, and in terms of the the long term development of that squad and Geo just gets lumped up on them. Wouldn't be me if I was Geo. I'd be a well. He's obviously taken the job, but you wonder why he would work under those conditions. Maybe his 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 ambition isn't all I I hoped it would be. Again, just playing devil's advocate. I'm not really. I'm not really a fan of getting a manager as soon as he doesn't get his way, he, he, he chucks it and he goes and finds another job. I think that's what I see as being in a revolving door. That's, I mean, Antonio Conte is quite famous for if, he's, if he doesn't like what the board are doing, he'll just fuck off, but he's a world-class manager. Rangers only going to get a world-class manager where the board just bow down to every demand. Um, so I do think, well, I, I think... All evidence can lead to suggesting that Geo has to be a bit stronger. I don't think we want to go too far that way and just uh, fuck off every time it, it doesn't go well. Be um, Chris, I'll come back to you. Um, we are where we are. I, I'll be honest, regardless what anybody thinks, this board only got to do it. And um, I think we've seen the um, 
they do like a bit of hesitancy. So even if they are thinking about getting rid of Gio, it's not going to happen this weekend. And he's going to be in the dugout for Sunday. And like we we can't we can't feel sorry for ourselves um, if he's got any chance of salvaging this season and a long term future at Rangers, not just him, the players as well, everybody is included there. We need to see an immediate improvement. My biggest frustration with Gio is he's over reliance on the same players. Well, I totally get um there's no there's no many viable candidates for filling into these positions. I do want to see some changes on Sunday. I want Yelmaz in for Barisic. Um I'd I'd play Matondo and Sakala for the sheer reason that neither are worse than Kent. Kent's been consistently pish. Matondo's been pish here and there. So by law of default, play him. Um what's your thoughts for what you want to see on Sunday? I just want to see them come out and I want to see them go for it. Um again I would drop Barisic and play Yelmaz. We were talking about a couple of weeks ago. I was saying about Barisic stays in the team until he has that drop in form. That's ever so slightly keeping up now, and it's happening. Um, Yomaz, when he came on against St Mirren, albeit games dead, it's easy to make an opportunity, but he gets his head up and he makes runs, and he spots people making runs as well. Play him. You know what I mean? He's not... This isn't going to be a, a man-down situation, do you know what I mean? There's a player there. We didn't spend that money for nothing, but at least I'd like to think not. I'd even... Um, what was I going to say? It's going to be Sands and King, and if Davies and Goldson are injured, so there's not much you can do there. I'd be speaking to Tav. If Tav's carrying a knock, he's only going to make it worse by playing on. Do you know what I mean? Wouldn't be great having to drop Tav, but I'd rather a fully fit right back in than risking injuring Tav even more. Because we'll hear the inevitable words instead of after the transfer window, it will be now after the break, sorry, now it's after the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So the latest part of going about. Aye. Um, Kolak stays in the team for me. Obviously, uh, the league is banging them in just now. Is this a game to try and see family and Alfie work together? I don't know. I'd, maybe not this one. I'd maybe give that the Dundee game in the cup. But then again, risking burning players out two games a week. Sorry, but back on to Sunday. Um, Sakala stays in the team. thought he was the one that done all right last night. And uh, I'd even maybe give McCrory a chance in goals. Do you know what I mean? Not 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 blaming McGregor at all for last night. Not even slightly. But is McCrory signed a new contract? He's there. Why not? I, I think it'd be a farce if McCrory doesn't even feature in the cup game on no, Tuesday. And I know we're talking about Sunday, but he has to. We we know there's an issue with the goalkeeping um, situation, um, longer term, and I know we're talking about winning here and now, but if Robbie McCrory can't play at home against Dundee, then he's not worth a fuck, really, is he? No. Well, look at last season. He, he played in two games, two vital games, back on the spin. The first old firm game of the season and the game in, was it Belarus? Two clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Aye. Um, Mason. I would love for Rangers to come out the traps on Sunday um, with the same desire and um, like forward thinking this uh, they showed against Liverpool in the first 15-20 minutes um, and in theory against a much weaker opposition, we should run a mock with them. Uh, where my probably, probably my biggest concern on Sunday, even though we've got the centre-backs out, 
I, I still think Sands and King will be fine on Sunday. Um, I'm probably more concerned about the midfield and the trail that we play because right now it's just it's names that are hard, isn't it? Um, it's one sums a gamble, so it's Davis, Jack, probably injured until after the World Cup now as well. Kamara, fuck, he's working part time now. Charlie McCann, I like Charlie McCann, but you don't want to throw too many young players in too early and just not their confidence. Who would you be playing in the midfield? <laughs> this this is a we haven't even touched on the the midfield, um, <clears throat> an area of the team that's just cost us over and over this season because we haven't, you know, we haven't invested in it um, properly. And uh, the midfield is getting harder and harder to pick a midfield. To be honest, you're going to have to play Arfield again probably. Probably Davis um, Lundstrom. I actually agree with Davy T. I, I think he was absolutely he was Liverpool's best player, and I know he's a big Liverpool fan, isn't he? So um, he, he was absolutely dreadful. I, I don't even know if, I, but we probably have to because it's what we've, it's all we've got. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to Sunday because I, I do worry that the impact last night could have. If we if we would have gone out last night and, and continued the first half performance, Liverpool score a couple of goals and. And, you know, they beat us and, you know, it is what it is. But Sunday for me, I'm worried the players are going to be feeling sorry for themselves. And, you know, as we've all said earlier, um, you know, are they playing for Gio? Um, and again, Sunday will we'll be telling. Um, but in terms of midfield, probably probably Davis, Lundstrom, Arfield, because that, that is the best that we've got. I think Arfield, I wouldn't have too much. I can play David uh, staying in because... Uh, well, he wasn't great in the second half. I think he could, he could, he was very, very poor in the second half like everybody else. But I don't think he chucked it. Or if he did, it wasn't as bad as the rest of them. Um, any players you particularly want to see featuring Sunday, Davy? I mean, I would desperate for us to uh, go with Cholak and Morelos on the same pitch. I mean, we've got for my money. The best player in our squad is Alfredo Morelos. I know we can hum and haw about you know his attitude and things, but he is the best player. So we need to get our best players on the pitch. So I would be uh, starting with that on Sunday. Find out even if it's you know he's a we play a one-one. You know we Cholak and Alfredo. We get Alfredo on the pitch. Alfredo's capable of uh, cutting people open. You know doing something. He's strong. He's uh, he's a good player for the SPFL. So, uh, our confidence just seems very fragile at the moment. And I don't see that team. I think they would now look at Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. This is their squad looking at, I think, uh, certainly in my eyes, he's almost like damaged goods. There's just been too many horror stories, you know, and, and Chris outlined them, you know, at the start. You know, 4-0, 3-0, now 7-1. Well, I don't think he will ever be able to shake that off. There is just a question mark now over his head in terms of the, the fragility of the whole squad. I think other other teams in Motherwell will do it on Sunday. We'll, we'll look at that and see if we can get it this, this lot, you know, because uh, if we get right into them, they will fold. And, and when, you know, when, when the going gets tough, that's when, you know, we need the leaders on the pitch and that's when we need some a bit of swagger, arrogance, let's do this. I think that too many occasions, you know, and, and Celtic Park being been the worst of them probably is where we, we just collapse we just can't stand up to it, we're not strong enough and I don't think Gio is capable of actually persuading that squad, that team, that they are strong enough, I just think it just, the whole thing just stems from him 
you know, and, and it was kind of let the cat out the bag with his we can't compete comment. Even if he believed that a thousand percent, he should never have said it. Because the last thing you need to do is, is give your players an out saying we can't compete under the manager. So that just was, uh, maybe he just chose the wrong words, but that was rather stupid of him. So I think Gio has made a, a rod for his back. And I'm getting to the point, you know, where there's no way back. There's no way back. We can't unmake the omelette. So it's now done. We, uh, he is what he is. The, the, there's the, the target on his back. In the minute, you know, we, we trip up in the league, you know, he's going to get beaten over the head with 7-1. So I, I just don't see any way back for it. We're changing it now. Aye, and no, but it's, well, there's never a good time to get pumped 7-1 right before them to say that, but it came at the worst possible time because it's, it, there was signs that we were potentially going to start putting on a run of form domestically with the 2-4-0 victories at Hearts and St. Mern. I'm not really paying a picture that we were like Pep's Barcelona in both those games, but it was a marked improvement on, on what we've seen before. Um, and that's probably my fear. What you guys say, it's just, regardless of my thoughts in Geo, it's just how do you mentally come back for that? And there's not been enough evidence for the players or for the, the manager that they will do this together. Um, but I think that's been a long, hard-fought-out hour, boys. Uh, we've done well to uh, make it through 55 minutes and the 100-odd the folk watching us um, have done well to persevere through that. So massive thank you to everybody who's... Uh, chipped in with the comments, watched and as always just supporting the pod. Um I'm gonna thank my three guests for coming on and push you for a goodbye to the listeners and our prediction for Sunday. Davey I'll start off with you since you were last to talk here. Well Con, I think for coming on tonight you should be issuing, you know, as our commander in chief of I've been brave stickers coming on tonight so that we could wear them on, on Sunday night. <coughs> Being brave for doing this. And I'm sure, you know, Rangers will manage to rummage your team together because we, we we do have, for the SPFL, a competent squad and probably, you know, for maybe Europa League, Conference League type European games, we would, we, we would obviously be punching a wee bit harder than we are at the moment. The level of Liverpool last night, I think, just exaggerated our weaknesses because they're, they're top-notch so you can see that but it's uh, going to the well with the same mob all the time just ain't going to fly There's, but I'm thinking you know if Gio can uh, get a, a hypnotist in and convince them that they are Peps Barcelona then uh, we'll, we'll win 2-0 2-0 away win I'm going for because I just wouldn't back anyone other than Rangers so let my, my heart rule my head yet again well, I'll take two of Um Oh, also, thanks for joining us, Mason. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you back on, mate. Fair play for having this as your first one back. <laughs> yeah, typical, isn't it? A couple of weeks off and bang, 7-1 defeat. But, no, yeah, thanks for having me uh, back on. Um, I want to say I feel better after it, but I'm not sure I do, um, to be honest. Just want to, you know, hopefully, you know, get on to Sunday and, 
I'm surprised, David, you've gone with a clean sheet on Sunday, considering we've got uh, no no defenders um, available. But yeah, I expect us to, to to go and win the game. I know it's been been poor last night, and I expect I do expect a, a reaction. And and for that, I, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go three one, three one Rangers, and you know, hopefully we can we can go from there and get players back fit because that 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 is absolutely you know a big one for us at the moment. I know that's the thing we've not mentioned. Um, <laughs> we we we're crying out for a new group of players. We're getting that after the World Cup, aren't we? There's I seen somebody put up the that physios wrote summer eleven. By the way, um, it's um, highest grim watching. But thanks for coming on, mate. And last but by no means least, Chris. Thanks for joining tonight, mate. Thanks for having me, mate, and thanks to all the listeners for coming on. And um, oh, it's been a it's been a horrible twenty four hours, but. We'll move on. Rangers always march on, onwards and upwards. I'll go 3 0 Rangers on Sunday. We'll play Motherwell, we'll play anybody decent. Let's not give them too much respect. We shake up the leg 3 0, and everyone will be forgotten about if only. Absolutely. Um, uh, just a note to get to working uh, two up in my high horse, but I was saying before we came on the night, lads, um, when we were talking about did we leave earlier? No, and I, I was speaking about that and an athletic game. And I sat through the 90 minutes there and I said, if I'm staying through this, there's nothing that can happen to Rangers that will make me leave a game early because it's worse than that. And getting beat 7 1 off Liverpool, it's the first time in my lifetime we'd conceded seven. It's by no means the worst defeat I've seen. Um, is th- bad as that sounds, getting beat in the third division was worse for me and if we can come back for that in the space of 10 years then we can bounce back off a, a Champions League defeat um, off one of the best teams in Europe in a few days because as Chris says we're not playing Real Madrid on Sunday, let's know we may be in a bad run of form but we are not playing MD we should be worrying about and by that I'm hopeful that Rangers will win I'll go three nothing. Um, I was going to say two, not two or three, nothing. But let's, you know, I'm optimistic, folks. Three, nothing it is. Um, thank you again for everybody joining. Um, it's I really appreciate it. Give us a wee like or follow wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope your team wins at the weekend. Until then, take care. We are the people. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 